You ever find yourself having some time to think about what's really going on in your life? And um, to feel like something better change like quick or I'm going down. You ever been there? It's funny because uh, I've, had a gr- I've had a really good life. I feel like I've had, a, I've had a great life. But even with a great life and a good life, I have so found myself sitting right here. As a pastor, I find myself sitting right here. <laughs> um, and I just think Jesus says... You don't have to sit here. And I don't know what yours is. I mean, there are some of you who who have been gracious and you've been spared from anything that we just watched, you know, in that comfortably numb video. Um, But if you're the rare person, that's for sure. Um, Most of us watch that and you know where you've sat here and you've just been feeling like something better rescue me. And that little drama, the guy that, you know, that, that, uh, that's actually a true story. My wife actually wrote that, and that was her dad. Her dad actually was skiing, phenomenal skier, and just fell into a sinkhole with his hand above the, of the snow. And it is pretty bizarre to think about that, and for Susie, I know, to, to know that if somebody hadn't been coming up on that chairlift and watched him go under, he would have died. But because someone saw him, they could actually rescue him and deliver him. See, I want to let you know um, that if your sexual temptation and the lure of it is so like controlling you that you cannot stop doing stuff that you don't want to be doing, that there is somebody who can deliver you from that. That if when you go to work tomorrow and there's that other coworker that's just been so enticing to you and you probably even love your spouse, but for some reason you're being lured into that, you, and you're scared. My, my guess would be you're scared. Because you think you're going to do something you don't want to do. And, and there is somebody who can deliver you from that. If it's, if it's a substance and it's, it's just ruling you, uh, whether it's alcohol or drugs or something, and it's, and it's, I mean, we have groups here that exist because there are people who have been delivered from that. Um, if it's money, you can't stop spending. You just lost half your retirement and uh, you jo- your job as well and you still can't stop spending. It's just money, you just... If you see it and you want it, you buy it, and your debt is driving you nuts and it's destroying your marriage and it's scaring you to death, you can be delivered from that. The list goes on, right? You're an angry person, you know? You're just, your kids are getting verbal abuse from you. Some of, them, some of your kids are getting physical abuse from you. And you don't want to do it. And you can't stop doing it. It's like, this stuff is universal, you guys. We all have it. You know, and as soon as we think there's somebody who's, you know, that we're better than somebody else, we've totally duped ourselves. When Jesus said, when you pray, 
pray to God to deliver you from evil. That's actually good news because all that means is Jesus knew us. <laughs> Lead me not into temptation because I can fall into temptation with the best of them. And I need some help inside of all this thing. And so if you're sitting here today and you are here maybe because you, man, I just could use some deliverance. I need some, whew, I need some rescue. <laughs> um, I'm really glad you're here. Can I just say one other thing, though, before we dive in? Um, I think the other issue, though, is, is some of you are really, really good people. And you're not struggling with drugs or alcohol. You're not cheating on your spouse. You're not angry. and abuse. I mean, you're just, you know, you're a good person. <clears throat> and so you think about evil, and it's like, man, I don't know if this really even, you know, hits me at all. And the reality is it does, because at its core... And this is why I want to, and then I want to pray for us before we, at its core, you guys, all evil is, you know, because evil is what we think of, you know, genocide and we think of child abuse and we think of really nasty things. But all evil is, according to God, is evil is anything that's not his way. If this, if it's not my way, then it's not good because I'm the one who's good. And some of us are actually caught up in some really subtle things that God would actually call evil. And we don't think they're that bad. And, and, and here's the issue. And this is why we're talking about this today. More than anything else in the world, more than anything, God wants you to know him. And anything that can keep you from knowing him is evil. And that's the reality. So I want to pray. We need to pray right now um, just for all of us sitting here that God would reveal to us what it is for you and me so that we can walk out of here with a sense of absolute, complete freedom. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. God, again, in this place here right now, you know all of our struggles. You know all of our fears. You know our pride. You know our selfish ambition. You know, there's the stuff inside us, God, that isn't right. It's just not good. It's not what you want for us. And we're going to take Jesus by his word, and I'm going to ask you right now, today, to lead us away from temptation, and I'm going to ask for you right now to deliver us from evil. And God, if there's anything that's holding, well, there is, there's stuff holding us down, every one of us in this room right here today. And I'm praying for the power. God, we don't want to go to church today. We don't want to do the religious thing today. We want to believe that you are here. We're here right now to engage with our hearts and with our minds and to help us to have the life that you want us to have. And I pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I, I, I'm just kind of, uh, it's interesting. I don't know if you guys heard or not, but I got about five, 10 minutes into my message during 930 service. And, uh, and uh, all of a sudden, Gail had a seizure right here in the, in the middle of our, um, saying she threw up on herself and fell down. She had had no previous medical issues. Um, and so obviously, <laughs> during the first service, I mean, we stopped, we we were able to get attention immediately, had to call 911. They came in, and they actually let her go. I mean, even in the, in the parking lot, she was fine. They, they said, you're fine, and they let her go home. But see, but what did that do to our service, you know? <laughs> see, it's, it's, it was interesting to me that right in the middle of trying to explain to everybody, because see, because one of the things that, that, that I've been taught is that the, the enemy, again, our spiritual enemy, will do anything to make sure that you don't really understand what's really true. <laughs> and here we are kind of talking about him. <laughs> right in the middle of the day, right in the middle of the service, and it just totally distracts it. Um, pretty interesting. 
I, uh, I woke up this morning, and uh, Susie was heading out to head over here. Somebody took a rock and threw it through our, our car window this morning. Now, that's happened before. Where we Actually, I, last time, somebody, they had a tool because it worked really well. I guess the guys who really know what they're doing, they use a tool, and they'll just pick it, and you'll, it'll be really quiet in your whole window. See, last time, they stole my golf clubs, which is really evil. So um, <laughs> now we're talking satanic. Um, uh, and, it, and last time, too... I went up the street, and neighbors came down, about three or four people, just, you know, kids were out, and they were just stealing stuff out of people's cars. This time, I went up the, down the street, nobody else's car got touched, um, but ours, and there's a wind, there's a, this rock thrown through it. There was, it was actually sitting, a big rock like this, sitting in my front seat. I'm like, wow, that's interesting, you know? It, it's just, it, it's wild stuff when God, when Satan comes, and he just, I think he just wants to distract me, because, you know, it, was, it distracted my morning. First service was distracted. I'm kind of waiting to see what's going to happen here. You guys ready? <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> All right. So, um, but let me, just, let me just share. I want to try to teach us just a few things here today. Because, again, I think that many things are evil in all of us. I think everybody across the world would agree that there are some things that are horrific and that they are evil. But many things that are evil in God's eyes are things that we actually find attractive, which is very interesting. Um, There's things that God says, I do not want you to be a part of this, and yet we find ourselves wanting those very things. Isn't that weird? Um, It's called temptation, by the way. So what I want to help us to understand is a few things. If Jesus said, make sure you pray for your Father to deliver you from evil, then when the first thing we got to understand is, well, where is the evil? Because sometimes I think we're just duped and we don't even know where it is. The Bible reveals three areas where we can find evil. The first one is in the world. So we actually have this, like this, this enemy that's outside of us. And the Bible just calls it the world. It's an external thing. And I'll, I'll get into that in just a second. The second place the Bible says that we find evil is right here. <laughs> he calls it uh, the flesh, which is translated the sinful nature. I talk about it all the time here. There's just something inside of every human being that's bent away from God that just that seeks itself first or whatever. And, and that would be evil, to not worship God, but to do things for ourselves. Now, most every human being does it all day long, so it doesn't look evil, right? But to God, it is. The third place he says you can look for it and find it is in the spiritual forces. There is a physical world And there is a spiritual world. And you and I have a spiritual enemy who comes after us. The world, our flesh, and our enemy are evil. And those are things that we need to look at. And I'm just going to touch on these really quick. Um, In the world, um, and again, when when I say, when when the Bible is teaching us that the world is, is evil, it's not talking about his creation, obviously, right? I mean, his creation is beautiful, it's glorious, it actually displays his glory. When the Bible talks about the world being evil, it's not talking about the mass of humanity, right? That would not be, it wouldn't be the people in this world because God so loved the world, okay? So when it says, when it ta- talks, us, it, when the Bible teaches us, be careful of the world. Man, some people have said, yeah, like, don't eat fun stuff and don't have entertainment and don't enjoy things. You know, well, that's not what he's talking about. And he's not talking about that you look at the humanity and you go, ooh, you're evil, you know? No, 
But what the Bible is telling us, when it uses the world in this sense, it is saying that there are patterns and structures that get to be a part of the way that our world works. And they're not the way that God works. Does that make sense? One guy, Mark Driscoll, put it this way. He said, the world is an organized system in opposition and rebellion against God. Let me just give you a couple examples of that. Like, in our world, most always, especially, well, not just in America, but in all of the world, it usually is that you try to one-up it on somebody. You try to be a little bit better than the next person, and you want to have some authority, some power, and it happens all over the place. It happens in work, it happens in athletics, it happens in marriages, where we want to be over something. See, that's a pattern of this world, and every one of us gets sucked into it. And we said, I need to be more, I need to have more authority, I need to have more, you know, just, and there's nothing wrong, in essence, with those, but usually what happens is it starts to be abusive in some sort of nature. That's a pattern of this world. You know what another pattern of this world is? Is the fact that we feel like we're valuable only if we act a certain way, if we look a certain way, which we saw in there, that's why people are having eating disorders and stuff, because I need the right image. And all of a sudden, you need to perform the right way, which is another reason we climb the ladder, because I'm not valuable unless I reach that position, unless I make that much money. See, that's a pattern of this world. And God says, that is so evil. That is so destructive. That is so not the way that it's supposed to be. You are supposed to, every human being is supposed to know that they're valuable intrinsically just because I've made them. And we should treat each other that way. Another pattern of this world, to me, is injustice. I mean, there's, there's and then injustice creeps up all the time, all over the place. And next thing you know, human beings are not treated the way that they're supposed to be treated. And it naturally happens. It's a pattern in this world. And then the last one, I'll just, I could touch on a ton of them, but the last one I'll touch on is just idolatry. I think, I think idolatry, and we go, well, you know, we're not carving wooden things. and No, but what idolatry is, you guys, <clears throat> is when we look to anything else but God, for our ultimate pleasure, for our satisfaction, for our value, and for our allegiance. You know what worship is, you guys? Because <clears throat> all of us worship stuff. We just do as humans. Worship, at its core, is when you say, when you make your decisions, that's all we do all day long, is make decisions. When you're deciding what you're going to do, the motivating force behind you that helps you decide what you do is your God. It's your God. When I was in high school, my girlfriend was my God. I mean, she was. And, 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 and every decision I made, the ultimate decision would be based around how would it affect that relationship. See, that's, she became my God. For some of you, it is Finances. You make every decision based on how much time you're going to be with your family or away from your family or the energy that you're going to put towards stuff based on how much money that you can get. You treat your employees based on how you feel like it's the best way for you to succeed. And before you know it, you have this worship of of something that's wrong. Anyway, you guys, whatever yours is, don't have time to hit all of them. Whatever your deal is, at the base of what you make your decisions for, and can I just tell you, for most of us, it's just ourselves. What do I want? What do I want? And whatever I want, that's what I'm going to do. It's the American way, isn't it? I mean, do what's right for you. 
See, if you do what's right for you, then you are your ultimate authority. And you know what God says? That's a pattern of this world that's just messed up. It just doesn't work. It's not the way it's supposed to be. I am the only God. And anytime you pursue anything else more than me and base your decisions based on those things, it's evil. Now we sit there and we go, well, why? Because ultimately, you guys, it's not just God saying this is what's right and this is what's wrong. It, at the foundation, it is. It is not a subjective experience. Now, again, I know in our culture, I could, you know, you know, for saying that. Because in our culture, it pretty much is, no, I should be free to say whatever I want is right. Well, you, you're right. We're in a democracy. We live in America. You are free. But I'm going to tell you, before God, he didn't operate that way. He, he's the one, he has actually stated and revealed to us, this is who I am, and this is what's right, and anything outside of that will ultimately hurt you or hurt somebody else. It will harm you. It will cause trouble. It will not be good. And for God, that's evil. All right, so you guys, so in, in essence, that's, that's the world. I do want to, can I just give you one quick example, though? I, I just, when I was thinking about this, <clears throat> um, can I just hit us where we're at right now in our economy? Because a pattern in our world, in the United States of America, was to put our trust in money. Really, didn't you? I mean, how was, I mean, I, you know, I'm 43, man. I grew up in, in, in my, basically, my whole time, money has just kind of increased when I was working. And it's, it's fun to get those monthly reports and just to watch money just keep pouring in and pouring in and pouring in. It ain't so fun anymore watching it just go down and down and down. And see, and in our culture, what has happened is we put our trust and our hope in money. That's a pattern of this world. Look at what God says in, in 1 Timothy 6, 9. He says, people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith, and they have pierced themselves with many griefs. Now, some people have totally misquoted this. Make sure it's up there. What's the, what's, what's, what's the problem here? Good. Thank you very much. Don't miss that. Money is not evil. In fact, money's awesome. You know, I, I, I know some people who I'm like, give them more money. Because when they have money, they're generous and they're kind and they help the poor and they change the world, right? So is money good? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. All right, go Jimmy. Money rocks in the right hands. The problem is when we love it. See, because when you love it, then it becomes the center of your life. And then it rules, again, how you live your life. And if you have put your hope in money right now, then you could be someone who's getting plunged into ruin and plunged into destruction. What, look at what it says there. You could wander from your faith and you could pierce yourself with many griefs. Somebody told me recently that we know at least 27, I, I, I don't know how they got this term, but somebody threw out this number, 27 people who've killed themselves due to just the financial struggles of their life. See, now, you haven't done that, but I know that some of you in this room right now, your life is getting sapped out of you. And this is hard. 
It is really a hard time. But see, this is where God wants to say, can I just, can I just help you? One thing you could pray is deliver me from evil, God. Deliver me from the love of money. Don't deliver me from money, but deliver me. (laughs) But, God, you guys are awake. That's cool. But deliver me from the love of it. See, because then, when all of a sudden, You cannot afford the things you used to afford. And some of you right now, you don't have a job and you are not sure if it's going to come. And you are, how how in the world am I going to make it? What you need right now is to be delivered from your anxiety and from your fear that's sapping the life out of you. Because I know, especially for us men, you lose your job, you lost your identity. And the enemy, the spirit, this is where the enemy creeps in. And he starts telling you what a loser you are. He starts demeaning you, accusing you. You can't take care of your family. And anyway, you see, guys see the issue here? See, that's just one of the patterns in this world where I think we're getting hit right now. Where Jesus said, can I offer you a suggestion? Pray and ask the Father to deliver you from evil. Whatever your evil is. Okay? Because it's out there in the world. All right? The second thing that he says to look out for is ourself. Right inside us. James 1.13 says this. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one of us is tempted when by his own evil desires, he is dragged away and enticed. So now again, just, just Jesus told us, you guys pray that you get delivered from this stuff. Well, where is it? <laughs> one, of the things, one of the things we need to understand from God's teaching to us is he, he's just going, it's, it's just right inside you. You just, you just have these desires, you guys. For some reason, as a human being, we desire things that are opposite of God. One guy, I like how he said this. Uh, he used the illustration that our, our own nature, this flesh, this sinful nature is like a hook. And it just gets us. So, you know, so all you fishermen, you got this fish coming around. There's a hook, Right? And once you get on the hook, it just gets you. And for some of you right now, you just, you have these desires that are against God and it's just got you. But I like what he said. He goes, and the world is the bait. (laughs) So in other words, you naturally have these desires that are against God. And then we live in this world that constantly says, and here it is, right? I, I, I know people who are in advertising, so I don't mean to demean this at all. But I mean, so much of advertising is to lure us into things that we can't afford, that we can never look like, that we can't be, and yet you feel like, but if I don't have it. And so you, you, all of a sudden the desire is inside you, and then the world places out this thing and says, you can have it. And we go, ah. <laughs> And next thing you know, we're like, mm-hmm. and, I, and I love it. I love it. I love fishing. I, you know, I, went, I caught a blue marlin this last year, which was so cool. Watching that fight. And see, to me, that's what this beginning drama was. Somehow, you've bought the lie, and it's dragging you and taking you places you don't want to go anymore. Let me just share with you what it looks like. Galatians 5, 17 says this. This old sinful nature, this nature that's in every human being, bent away from God, it loves to do evil. That's why I'm teaching you this today. Jesus said, pray to God to deliver you from evil. Your nature loves to do evil. 
And we need to be delivered from it. It says, which is just the opposite from what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Spirit wants, gives us desires that are opposite from what the sinful nature desires. And these two forces are constantly fighting each other. And your choices are never free from this conflict. But when you are directed by the Holy Spirit, you are no longer subject to the law. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results. Now again, you're like, I'm not an evil person. But again, just remember what evil is. What's evil? Anything that keeps you from really knowing God and anything that's not helpful and productive. Look at the list. These are the results. Sexual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasures, idolatry, participation in demonic activity. Okay, so, some of you are going, okay, I'm good. Um, hold on. Uh, hostility, quarreling, never done that. Jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. All right, we're all done. Divisions, the feeling, I love this one, the feeling that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group. <laughs> you ever been one of those? Um, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other kinds of sin. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's the problem. What Jesus Christ came to do, you guys, is for you and I to let the kingdom of God, which is shown by love and joy and peace and goodness and everything that's of God, reigning in our hearts. And what he's saying is basically this. You can't, and some, can I just, now let's just make this real quick message to all you followers of Christ out here. You cannot say, I love God. I walk with him, I'm going after him, and regularly participate in that list at the same time. It's just, now does that mean you can't be selfish? No, we talked about this last week. At least I did, I just, I'm not talking about it. We all mess up, but you can't live in that type of evil and experience God's blessing at the same time. And I don't know about you. I want to know God in all of his fullness. And so Jesus does too, and that's why he said, if you're caught in any one of these things, if you're an angry person and you're like a porcupine, you're at work and nobody wants anything to do with you because your outbursts of anger just destroy every relationship you've got. He's just saying, hey, I'd love to deliver you from that. Man, if you've got sexual stuff in your life that's outside of my deal and you are just, you're caught up into it, I mean, and, and I want to deliver you from that. If it's, if it's selfish ambition and greed and envy, I, I, you know the list, I can't keep going. Just Jesus is saying, that's where evil is. It's right inside you, and I can help you deliver it. The last one is this. He says the spiritual forces. We've got the world, we've got our own desires, and then we have the spiritual enemy. John 17, 15 says, my prayer, Jesus' prayer, is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. You guys, we have a spiritual enemy, and we just do. And he hits us in all different ways. At the essence of his being, the Bible tells us, is pride. And so if you're a proud person, if, if you feel like you've, just, you've got it all and you don't need anything else, that's actually not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is a really sense of humility and of openness and to receive everything that he has from us. 
Our enemy lies to us all the time. He gets us to believe things about ourselves that are not true and to believe things about God that are not true. And when you buy the lie, it, it is, you cannot function right when you're believing something that's untrue. Because it all starts with what you believe, the path of your life. And you know what? He, and, and here's the other thing. He messes, so he messes with us intellectually, he messes with us emotionally, and he messes with us physically. The Bible shows it. I mean, God can sometimes, our spiritual enemy sometimes will be the one behind illness, physical illness. He will behind, be the one behind emotional angst and oppression. There are lots of physical things going on, but there is also a spiritual reality. And so Jesus says, let me just tell you, and let me just close with this, two things he says to do. Pray, first of all, that your Father would not lead you into temptation. Now, can we just say, right, God's not going to do that, right? Hey, I just want you to, hey, come on over here. Hey, look at this. You know, God's not going to do that. He doesn't do that, right? He doesn't lead us into temptation. So what was Jesus trying to teach us? The best example I heard was a father who was out with his son and his little boy, and he said, hey, don't go on that ice. You know, kind of like black ice. You've seen, you know, it's like you can't really see it there. He said, man, don't go out on that ice. Well, of course, he's a little boy, so what's he do? He goes out on the ice. He slips and falls and really hurts himself, right? The next day, what does the son do? He comes up and he goes, hey, daddy, would you hold my hand and make sure that I don't slip and fall? When I heard that, I go, I think that's exactly what Jesus is trying to help us to say. Lead us not into temptation is a preventative prayer. I think it's a preventative prayer. I think what we're doing when we say that, you guys, is this. We're admitting our weakness. Do you guys know where your, do you guys know where your weaknesses are? Right? Do you know where your buttons are? You know, that when they get pushed, you just, you just tank. See, I think part of it is saying, hey, Father, I admit I'm weak. And I'm asking you, do not lead me there. Lead me away from there. Because I know that if I get into that stuff, I'm going to fall. And I don't want to fall. I think it's a prayer of stating your intention to say, Father, I want to walk with you and I want everything that you have for me. Please keep me away from that. Can I just give you a real quick acronym that can help you to know when you need to pray this prayer? It's an acronym. I've I've used it for years. And it's just lust. Which is a good acronym, huh? So if you want to write this down, this will help you. The L is for loneliness. In other words, when are you going to need to pray and say, man, please lead me away from temptation? You will feel more tempted when you're lonely. Some of you are sitting here right now and you're lonely. And you know it drives you sometimes to at least think about things, if not actually do things that you don't want to do. The U is for unfulfilled desires. You ever had those? (laughs) Have you ever had things that you really want to have happen in your life and they're just not being fulfilled? Man, the next thing you know, you can start to feel lousy and what you will do is anything to make you feel better. You need to be very careful if you have unfulfilled desires. The S is when you're stressed. Anybody struggle when you're stressed? I mean, when you are stressed out, it's amazing to me how my fuse gets shorter and shorter when I'm stressed to be able to respond the way that I want to. Look out when you're stressed. And the T is for when you're tired. Man, I'm amazed at when I'm tired, how different I will be towards Susie and my children. And I, I, from now on, if I'm, and here's the other thing. If you're lonely, have unfulfilled desires, or stressed out and tired, just go lock yourself in a room. Just, I mean, because it is, it is going to be so hard to live. And this is when you pray. 
Oh God, lead me not into temptation. Because I know right now I will fall in a second. All right? And then he says, but deliver me from evil. Deliver me. Let me just throw one other quick verse up here. 2 Peter 1.4 says this. Through these, meaning the work of Christ, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. You know, I, I love this verse. First of all, because it tells me I could actually participate in the divine nature. I actually can have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control in me. And I can escape the stuff that's trying to corrupt me. But can I just, just want to make you aware of something here. Notice the word escape. See, you don't have to escape unless you're in trouble, right? I mean, if, if you're in prison or somebody has you, then you have to escape. If you're doing fine, you don't have to, to escape. And the same thing is true with asking to be delivered. You don't have to be delivered if everything's going great, do you? I mean, Susie's dad doesn't have to be delivered when he's enjoying the slopes. He had to be delivered once he fell in and he needed someone to pull him out. What I love about this, you guys, is that it's a reality for us to understand that you actually can be in, right now today, you can be in the midst of your stuff. And this is when you need to pray it. See, I had this issue, especially as a follower of Jesus. When I was out in California going to seminary, I remember all of a sudden the temptation would come up and I'd feel so lured to do stuff that was wrong. And then I'd just be like, man, you idiot, you're horrible. You're supposed to be in ministry, you know. And finally, I think it was the Holy Spirit who said, Nelson, chill, chill. You're being tempted. You're in it. Now, what are you going to do about it? See, I thought I lost the battle because I desired things that were so wrong. You didn't lose the battle. The battle just began. And for some of you right now, you're in the battle, and now is when you need to pray, deliver me from evil. God, deliver me. Deliver me from myself. Deliver me from the lures of this world. Deliver me from the attacks of the enemy on my soul and my emotions and my thoughts. Deliver me. And how's it happen? 1 John 3, 8 says this. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. The reason Jesus Christ came was to destroy the stuff that's destroying you. That's when I go, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And then what's it say? See, because no one who is born of God, and then he goes right in. So what's he saying? No one, Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. No one who's born of God will continue to sin. How does Jesus Christ destroy the work of evil in you? You must be born again. You're like, oh, I hate that term. What he's really saying is this. I am the only one who walked this earth and in my nature never sinned. I am the only one who walked this earth and when the world tempted me, I never fell into it. In fact, Hebrews 2 says us, he is tempted in every way that you are, but he never gave into it. So how are you going to win? How are you going to get over the evil in your life? 
It's Jesus Christ, not you. It's not being, you know, I'm going to do better next time. No, you're not. Let's just face it. But there is one. If in a spiritual sense, you are reborn with the Spirit of God, you now have the one who always is victorious and who never gives in, now beginning to strengthen your spirit so that you can say no to the things that destroy and say yes to the things that are life. And you guys, how does this happen? Apparently through prayer. Because Jesus said, pray for it, man. Pray for it, pray for it. When you pray, because all you do, add this to your prayer. Can I also, and then the last thing I need to say is this. Really, it's the last thing. (laughs) Is this. Is sometimes my prayers aren't enough. I don't know, a year ago, whatever it was, I, I just, man, I was feeling so oppressed, just emotionally, just down. I, you know, for me, I just hear, when, when, when stuff gets funky for me spiritually, I just hear loser all the time in my head. Anybody else hear that voice? You loser. You loser. You just, I know. I buy it. I believe it. And then my next thing you know, I'm feeling oppressed, and I don't even know why. There was one time where like three or four days worth, and I, I, could, I was no good at work. I wasn't good in my home. I was just like, what is going on? And I couldn't find anything. And finally, I, finally, I told Susie, I'm like, listen, I'm struggling. And she said, should I pray for you? I said, yes, pray for me. And she said, and she, we did, and she just started praying. And, she, and then she just simply said, I'll never forget. She said, and I pray right now against you, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Boom, it was done. It was the most bizarre. I know you guys are sitting there going, wow, that was easy. I, I'm tell- I don't understand it, but I remember me just going, dang it. I just lost four days of my life. And it, was, and it was spiritual. It wasn't me. It was spiritual. And I'm telling you, sometimes you ain't got it in yourself. And you need, I have, had to, I have people pray for me all the time because I need an actual spiritual work done in my heart. And I'm telling you, it can happen. And so sometimes for you to be delivered, it needs to be move into that realm. All right? Okay. Band, come on out. We are going to do one song here, just one. And it's called My Hope is You. You guys, right now, if you're struggling just with your own desires or if you're struggling with the world and its patterns or if you feel like there might be some real spiritual stuff going on, that's oppressing you, that is not setting you free, and you know you are not living the life that you were supposed to, I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ came to destroy that in you so that you could have the life that you were meant to have. And He is our hope. And so what we're going to do is we're going to sing this one song. And I just want to encourage you as we do to just to, to soak in the words and to think about for you right now, could that be the answer? What Jesus told us 2,000 years ago, hey, pray for me to deliver you, and I will. I'm the one who can. And so would you stand with me as, as, as we do this, this song? And, uh, and I just want to encourage you to sing these words. We are going to be taking our offering at this time. And I also want to encourage you as well that if you came prepared to give, one of the greatest things you can do, I think, in this economy as well, for those of us who are continuing to receive finances, is to say, my hope is you, God, not in this world. And I'm going to trust you with it. So let's take our offering and let's offer our belief and our trust and our hope in God. Let's do it together. Mm